So Christianity Today has come out with an editorial saying President Trump should be removed from office and Christians should be a little bit appalled at the behavior of the president. Franklin Graham says it's all poppycock. What should we believe? Let's talk about it today on the nonpartisan evangelical WTH version the week that happened. All right, everybody, Paul Swearingen, and the Nonpartisan Evangelical with you on what has been an interesting 24-hour period in evangelical politicalism. And you know, that's what we're all about here on the Nonpartisan Evangelical is talking about this partisanship that's been going on in the evangelical church for as long as I can remember. I'm 54 years old, and so it's at least close to as old as me. I would guess about 50 years back from the Nixon silent majority days, the evangelical church has started to think politics, that's the solution to everything God wants to do in the season. And I tend to think it's taken us a bit off track. And as we know, evangelicals support President Trump uh, to extended degrees and so for an evangelical magazine with the reputation of christianity today to come out and say no we think the president should be removed it is a big big deal and has certainly been a topic of conversation uh, amongst us on social media and people i know so i want to share a little bit of my thoughts on it and and some response and first off the response always is uh, I'm going to be really transparent. When I read this yesterday, it actually brought tears to my eyes. I, I, I actually had a moment where I, I like, I, I'm going to break down on this because for me, it was just a moment of saying there's, there's somebody else in the evangelical church who, who believes the way I believe. Not, not never Trump or anti-President Trump. I, I've been talking about this stuff well before there was ever any idea in my head that pre- that Donald Trump would ever be president of the United States. Uh, this is back in the Battle of Al Gore and George Bush. This is this is when the, the evangelical church decided uh, we'll go after abortion as a political issue because that's going to help us get rid of Jimmy Carter as president. Jimmy Carter, probably the most moral man we've ever had as president, certainly in my lifetime, and the greatest ex-president in the history of the country. Um, abortion was uh, used as a tool to get him out of office because he was, was pro-choice and also was uh, against tax breaks for colleges like Liberty University and Bob Jones University that were willing to uh, either restrict the admission of people of color or like Bob Jones University even had rules that they, they weren't allowed to date. You couldn't intermingle among the races to date. Um, and until the late 80s, Bob Jones University passed out a pamphlet telling why black people should be sent back to Africa. And it, it was late into the 80s before they stopped handing out Bob Jones Sr.'s tomes on race. And so that's a lot of where this this political stuff has come in. And, and I think a lot of evangelicals today think, oh, this is the way it's always been. The church has always believed this way. But actually, the church was a vehicle for social justice for most of its history. And this radical sort of right-wing evangelicalism is a, is a very new thing in the history of the church. And so sometimes I like to share that because I think uh, 
I think people forget that. And I want to be very sure to let you know this is I, I'm not on anti-Trump rants. I am on anti-evangelical partisanship rants. And and some people say, well, why don't you do it on the left as well as right? I, I don't quite see the same spirit on the left of the evangelical church as I do on the right wing. It, it is, you know, that that we're willing to sort of subvert all our morals to because our guy is president to me, is an outgrowth of, of the problem of all this. And I'll talk more about that. And I want to talk about how Franklin Graham's voice in this really plays into what I've been saying for a long, long time. So let's start with uh, a clip from, I think this is from MSNBC. I should have known that. But this is about evangelical voters and why uh, a magazine like Christianity Today coming out with an anti-Donald Trump uh, story is a, is a big, big deal as we come into the 2020 election. I spoke with one of the most prominent evangelical Republican leaders this, earlier this week and asked him, is that 81% that Donald Trump received in the last election, 81% of the white evangelical vote going to be there again? And he suggested to me, not only would it be there, but that they were aiming for upwards of 83%. So they're trying to drive that higher. So that vote of the evangelicals and the white evangelicals, which my understanding makes up about 25% of the presidential voter in the country. So that's a huge, those baby boomer white evangelicals are huge for President Trump. He cannot lose any of that support as we go into the 2020 election. And there's a thought that Christianity today probably won't have a lot of impact on that. Uh, but the younger generation definitely is moving farther away from where their grandparents have believed. And I think that's some hope for us for the future. But that is a huge voting block, and that's why it's so important. And that's why, as Christianity Today said, hey, it's just time for us to stand up. We, that uh, Billy Graham founded this magazine, and he was very critical. And the magazine was very critical of Bill Clinton for having sex with an intern. And if we are not critical of Donald Trump's foibles and what he's done, and particularly they point to the impeachment and Ukrainian scandal, they say, if we're not also critical of that, we are hypocrites and the people will know it. And so, of course, when you hear how important that voting base is to President Trump, and, and we all know President Trump can never let anything go without fighting back. Then today on Friday, as I'm recording this, the president shot back on, on Twitter as, is, as he's meant to do. And so this is what uh, President Trump had to say today. He says, a far left magazine or very progressive, as some would call it, which has been doing poorly and hasn't been involved. So get that again. Once again, if you're not making a ton of money in President Trump's mind, you are a failure. That if anybody that's poor or struggling or anything that's that's wrong, you're you're a failure. If you're not a billionaire, you're a failure. That's a that's that's a, a sort of an anti-Christian stance from the beginning. But just point that out again. Every time President Trump does these things, he anybody that critiques him, he points to whether they are successful financially or not as a as a point of validity for them. Um, so you can judge if that's a Christian stance or not. But anyway, uh, Trump says, which has been doing poorly and hasn't been involved with the Billy Graham family for many years. Christianity Today knows nothing about reading a perfect transcript or a routine phone call and would rather have a radical left non-believer who wants to take your religion and your guns than Donald Trump as your president. 
Uh, Trump, uh, the president, goes on to say no president has done more for the evangelical community and it's not even close. You'll not get anything from those dims on the stage. I won't be reading E.T. I think I think he meant C.T. Not entertainment tonight, but Christianity Today. Um, and that was what uh, President Trump tweeted and took shots at Mark Galley, the editor-in-chief of Christianity Today, who was the writer of the editorial. And so with Billy Graham's name being evoked here, uh, Franklin Graham, who has been an unabashed supporter of the president, no matter what happens, uh, he spoke out today saying if Billy Graham were alive today, his father, he would vote for Donald Trump and he would support Donald Trump through this and went on to say that Christian Christianity today is not a spokesperson spokesperson is not a a voice for evangelicals. It is, in fact, a, a left-wing public, publication. Here's what uh, Franklin Graham had to say on, on uh, CBN. Uh, they certainly don't represent most of the Bible-believing Christians in America today. Uh, they represent um, a growing, unfortunately, a growing number of uh, evangelicals who uh, are moving to the left. Reverend Graham, even still, do you think this article has any uh, kernel of truth or or any merit at all? No, I really don't. None. So an article that says, hey, we're hypocritical if we point out Bill Clinton's foibles as a human being and want him impeached for it and not pointing out the foibles of what President Trump has done we're hypocritical. Franklin Graham says there's nothing valid in that argument. None was his last statement that he he rejects it outright, um, which I find fairly interesting. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a second. But let me give you one more clip from that interview from uh, Franklin Graham, who is the director of Samaritan's Purse and, of course, uh, of the Billy Graham Association and the son of, of Billy Graham, a man for whom I have tremendous, tremendous respect, by the way. Uh, I'm talking about Billy Graham. I, I maybe don't. Uh, I do honor who Franklin Graham is and what he does, but I'm really struggling with where he's leading the church. This is what he has to say about Christianity's today assertion that we need to hold our president to a higher moral standard than maybe the, the rest of Americans. Well, my father, the last time he was at Christianity Today, uh, he, he, they wheeled him in a wheelchair, and he spoke to them and basically was was warning them uh, that they should all uh, be focused and stay with uh, uh, focused on the Bible. And I think that's where Christianity today is, is getting off off point. You know, the president is not the pastor of the country. They talk about taking the moral high ground, and that is uh, just uh, absolutely a bunch of garbage. What moral high ground do we talk about? Uh, president Obama and his support for uh, same-sex marriage, uh, Hillary Clinton supporting uh, her husband as he abused women. I mean, where's the moral high ground here? And, they, and for them, for Christians today, uh, to try to claim that they have the moral high ground uh, is just wrong. So that was Franklin Graham on the Christian Broadcasting Network talking about Christianity's today assertion that we ought to hold a, a president to a high moral standard. And Franklin Graham says today, as I'm recording this on a Friday, December 20th, the president is not a pastor and it's ridiculous and wrong to hold anybody to that standard. So let me go back to 1998 and give you a quote and you tell me who this quote is from. 
So this is a quote from 1998. Last week, Mr. Clinton, talking about President Clinton, told 70 million Americans that his adulterous actions with Ms. Lewinsky were a private matter between me, the two people I love the most, my wife and our daughter and our God. But the God of the Bible says that what one does in private does matter. Mr. Clinton's month-long extramarital sexual behavior in the Oval Office now concerns him and the rest of the world, not just his immediate family. If he will lie to or mislead his wife and daughter, those with whom he is most intimate, what will prevent him from doing the same to the American public? And I'll, I'll go on. I'm continuing to quote a quote here from 1998. Private contact, conduct does have public consequences. Some of Mr. Clinton's defenders present King David of the Bible, one of history's great leaders, as an example as they call on us to forgive and forget the president's moral failings. Since God pardoned David's adulterous act with Bathsheba, the reasoning goes we should sim similarly forgive Mr. Clinton. But forgiveness is not the end of David's story. Huge consequences followed immediately. And I could go on and on. The quote's very long and uh, very public. And let me ask you, who made that quote? Have you guessed yet? Yes, the same man who just said President Trump is not a pastor and it's ridiculous to hold him to a different standard. And what Franklin Graham says in this quote in 1998 is if President Clinton would lie to his wife and daughter, then he will lie to the country and can't be trusted. So now let's go to 2016, when President Trump is running for office, or I should say candidate Trump at the time running for office, and stories were coming out that the president or, or that uh, Donald Trump had had an affair with a, with a porn star and had paid her off with hush money. Uh, Franklin Graham had a conversation with Donald Trump and came out and told the world, that it didn't happen because Donald Trump told him it didn't happen. And what did we find out? It did happen. President Trump did have an affair with a porn star while his wife was carrying their child, or, or, or maybe Barron had just been born, um, and had paid her off to give her hush money. Now, Franklin Graham told us that Donald Trump told him that didn't happen. We now know it did. So I'm wondering why Franklin Graham says President Clinton had to be removed from office because if he would lie to his wife, he'll lie to the American public. But for Donald Trump, it's not the same standard. Why? Because President Trump is our guy. And Bill Clinton was, I guess, the devil's guy because there was an interview a couple of weeks ago where Franklin Graham and, an, uh, and a, a, a famous uh, evangelical writer said anybody that's not supporting President Trump is under the oppression of a demonic spirit. I just, I, I'm, I'm not trying to denigrate Franklin Graham or Donald Trump or anybody. What I'm trying to show is the hypocrisy of this whole thing is crazy. And it shows that, that we've been so into our politics for so long in the church that we're not seeing our own hypocrisy. I, I, there's a passage in the Bible where Jesus says, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod, and, and later talked about what he was talking about was hypocrisy. And I believe that we're seeing the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod in action in the evangelical church today. 
Franklin Graham says, Donald Trump's not a pastor. We, we shouldn't hold him to anything. And I've heard King David used as a cover for Donald Trump's activities many times. In 1998, though, Franklin Graham himself said King David is not a cover for what President Clinton does and that if Clinton will lie to his wife, he'll lie to the American public and he's not worthy to be president. Just like Lindsey Graham said and all the guys that are now defending President Trump. I'm not sure I want President Trump to be removed from office. I'm a little bit ambivalent on the impeachment process. I just want Christians to wake up and be willing to say, hey, this is wrong. Even Charisma Magazine, which is another magazine that's sort of in my tradition of Christianity, they even came out today with an article that said, hey, we're against impeachment. We think it's wrong. We think the Democrats have been out to get this guy forever. But still, the president denigrating a dead congressman and saying maybe he's in hell. Christians, you've got to stand up and say that is wrong or we're massive hypocrites. And unfortunately, I believe we are massive hypocrites. One of the things that we use to defend President Trump a lot I hear this from a lot of people. Well, the economy's good, and we're going to get the judges and all that stuff. All the things that that are used to defend. I never have once seen in the Bible where the Bible... Now, the Bible judges the leaders of countries often, and and sort of, you see at at the end of it, it's like, did they uphold the moral compass of the country? And that's how they're judged. Never once is... He, he was a good king because the economy was good. Never once does the Bible say that. In fact, it says quite the opposite. And Hezekiah is a king. And I, I want to read something from the Bible for you guys today. This is from 2 Kings. What chapter am I in here? Chapter 20. King Hezekiah is talked about. And he gets a visit from some people from a foreign land. And Hezekiah is thrilled about the economy of his country. He thinks things are going well in his kingship because they're wealthy. And he welcomes these foreign visitors and showed them all his treasure, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil. I'm reading from the Bible now. His armory, all that was found in the storehouses, there was nothing in his house or in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. He was very proud of his economy, I'm telling you. So let's go now to verse 14 of this chapter. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah. So this is this is a, a God follower, a, a, the Christian of the day, if you will, coming to the king and not saying, well, since the economy is good, everything's okay. So this is what Isaiah says in verse 14. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say, and from where did they come to you? And Hezekiah said, They have come from a far country, from Babylon. And uh, Isaiah said, What have they seen in your house? And Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing in my storehouses that I didn't show them. So Isaiah then says in verse 16 to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house, that which your fathers have stored up to this day, shall be carried off to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and some of your own sons who will come from you, whom your father uh, shall be taken away. Anyway, I won't, I won't read too much anymore, but, but basically what happens is Hezekiah says, look how great everything is in Israel, and he shows it off, and he's flaunting the economic power of Israel, and he shows it off to these foreign guys, and then the, the believer in God comes to Hezekiah, the, the prophet Isaiah, and says, you know what, because you showed them all that stuff, you're going to lose everything, because your heart is in that economic prosperity 
rather than in trust in God. And what uh, what's interesting here, I'll, I'll just throw this in as an aside, Isaiah ultimately says, and the penalty for this is going to be paid by your kids. And we see elsewhere in the Bible that Hezekiah then has a party to celebrate. Yay, it's not going to, I'm not going to be punished for this stupid thing I've done. My kids are going to be punished. And to me, that's akin to a boomer generation that's leaving a $23 trillion debt to our kids. We're saying, yay, the economy's good uh, because our kids are going to have to pay off this huge debt we're using to bolster the economy right now. Uh, So that's another little aside I would throw in. But for Franklin Graham or Jerry Falwell Jr. or anybody else to say the economy's good, therefore you should back the president, they need to read 2 Kings 20. Having a good economy is not evidence that God is pleased with the leader of a people. And I don't think it could be any clearer in the Bible. We can read many more places where that is truth. So why do I care? Why do I care? Why, why does the hypocrisy even matter? Because in my mind, it subverts the job of what a God follower and a Christian is supposed to do. We're supposed to share God's goodness with people, and the world won't listen to us anymore because we're so politically hypocritical, and we're hurting people with it. If you don't believe me, let me play a clip from MSNBC this morning about how the outside world is looking at the evangelicals today. And let me just say this as clear as I can. The evangelical Trump worshipers that I see uh, have cashiered Jesus for proximity to power. That's that's what they've done. They've been seduced by this man. And and here's why Fair I say enough. this comfortably, because don't look christianity is about one thing it's it's its central theme is forgiveness and you can we can forgive and uh, you know god can forgive all the things that that we've all done including donald trump but it's what christianity is pointing out today is he is grossly immoral and uh and and ethically uh incompetent and he has no repentance for this he doesn't show any contrition he he says he's never wrong and what was what struck me very early and this is before he was president he went to iowa and he was asked by steve dace a prominent evangelical in iowa uh, if he had ever asked god for forgiveness and his answer was no well that's remarkable considering that if you didn't have to ask for forgiveness the whole <laughs> then you can't be a christian because the central theme of christianity is you need a savior to for, to forgive now our response to that can be defensiveness oh there's msnbc again the fake news media coming after the president but tell me that's an opinion from somebody looking at the evangelical world from the outside in and saying you guys are a bunch of hypocrites And Jesus said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees, which is hypocrisy, because it will make you blind and deaf to truth and wisdom and to your own hypocrisy. Franklin Graham says this about Bill Clinton and the exact opposite about Donald Trump. Why? Because the leaven of the Pharisees will make us blind to what's happening and what God's heart is for a season, I believe. Why do I care about the hypocrisy of the political, politically active right-wing church? Because it makes it more difficult for the gospel and the message of a good God who loves 
people and wants to have relationship with them wherever they are, to sit with the Samaritan woman at the well, to defend the women caught in adultery, to go hang out with the tax collector Zacchaeus at his house. That Jesus is being subverted by what men like Franklin Graham are doing today. And yes, Franklin Graham's organization, I'm sure, is doing great things all over the world, but that doesn't give cover for hurting people and not caring for the poor and the marginalized, which is what Jesus said was ultimately how we'll be judged as people. I'm sorry, I'm quoting the Bible. Maybe that's maybe that's the problem. I'm not quoting, uh, you know, some of our more right-wing websites. I'm quoting the Bible instead, and maybe that's the problem. But I pray, God forgive us. I'll tell you this: in the days of Jeremiah, if you read the book of Jeremiah, we were in a very similar time in history as today. And Isaiah and Hezekiah actually were contemporaries of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah wrote in Jeremiah 23. And he's speaking for God and he says, and God says, I'm angry at you leaders because you're taking the people off path. And then he says later in the chapter, and I'm angry at you prophets because you're prophesying from your own wisdom and, and your own worship of your own idols rather than prophesying from heaven. And I think we're seeing that in history. We're, we're seeing a time where we've wanted a political Messiah to come and save us for so long. Some are even saying President Trump is the Messiah. They're saying he was persecuted like Jesus in the impeachment hearing. Our language even gives it away. And the world is looking at us and saying, wow, you guys are hypocrites and we want nothing to do with your religion. That breaks my heart. But the great thing about Jeremiah is Jeremiah prophesies, he even wrote a book of lamentations. Hey, bad things are going to happen to us because we're so off track. Our country is going to pay the price. But God has a plan to restore everything for your children and your children's children. And I believe that's his message to us today. Yes, this baby boomer generation is not going to, it's not going to end well. Uh, We're going to keep getting into some darker times here, more divisive times, but I see the millennials and I see the Gen Zers and I see their heart for goodness and righteousness and good. And that is what gives me hope for today. So I just want to tell you, if you're under, if you're in that millennial Gen Z generation, I am so on your side. I'm sorry we're handing you a $23 trillion debt, but I tell you what, God's got a good plan. You guys are good kids and you're going to do something amazing in the future. Just don't let the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod and of the Sadducees, as Jesus talked about, get in the way. I'm hopeful today because of the Christianity Today message and editorial. It actually brought tears to my eyes to say, there's somebody else other than me. And there's another way to believe. I want to tell you guys real quickly, 2020 is going to be great in the nonpartisan evangelical. Let me put a little music under this just for fun. Yeah, it's not my favorite music, but we'll go with that. 2020 is going to be awesome. We've got Joseph, the audiobook coming. We've got a discussion group for millennials. And Ashley and I are going to be doing some living room events. If you want us to come to your house, share our story in your living room in the nonpartisan evangelical, get in touch with me through the website. If you want to hear updates on all this cool stuff that's coming, just go to the website, hit that uh, uh, be a part of the NPE community button. 
and uh, we'll put you on the list to keep giving you updates and letting you know everything that's going on. So go to npepodcast.com, click on that join the NPE community button, and we'll keep giving you updates on the cool, cool stuff. I can't wait for Joseph the audiobook to come out. We're going to do it in serial form on our Patreon page. We're going to have discussions and commentaries about it. It's going to be really cool, and I'm very excited for 2020, even as I see it's going to be a rough one for us all in the evangelical church, but I'm excited for the things we're going to do around it to build community, have times together of of spirituality and communion and just give people a place to have community, have faith moments and hang together. Even if you don't feel like you can be a part of uh, the churches around you sometimes, maybe even because of their politics. I hope I haven't disparaged anybody today. I'm just speaking what I hear. It's time for us to do something different and stop hurting people, evangelical church. We can do better. And that's why I come out and talk about this stuff every day. I hope you enjoyed the WTHNPE podcast. Go to npepodcast.com and join our insiders list today. Have a great Christmas and holiday season, everyone.